started. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team in. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. I didn't care if all right, all right, all right. Live, back in action, your main attraction for the predictions and the reaction. This is the third and three podcast brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. If you enjoy writing sports articles, then go to their website at the Sports Call and submit your article. Again, that's sportscall.com at the end. Submit your article. Give it a shot. Get your stuff out there. Let's go around the third and three table and introduce the hosts of this glorious show. And I can't wait to kick this bad boy off. Ladies first, as always, we say hello to our diva receiver, Tricky Nikki. How's it going today, sweet? Hi, guys. It's going good. Happy International Podcast Day. Yeah, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I can imagine you are. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not going to be throwing uppercuts. I promise that that was a tough one. No doubt about it. And uh, yeah, Damien, you had a, you know, interesting uh, game as well this past weekend. We'll get into, but you are the man in charge here. You're a head coach. You draw up the plays. You are the real deal. You are Damien Adams, man. How's it going, brother? Oh, I love that. That that was pretty beautiful right there. Very well said, my man. Awesome. Well, we got week three ranting recap. Now play a play and knowledge with Nikki. Our week four predictions, a lot more. So you guys just sit down, grab a beer or a glass of wine because it's third and three times. So let's do this thing and start it out with neighborhood news, which is going to be rather short. Guys, got to start it with the Titans, obviously, and the COVID outbreak they had uh, between Eight players and personnel um, came down with COVID. They did have better results today. I don't know how that happened so fast. It makes me scratch my head a little bit. But what they decided to do was move the game to Monday or Tuesday, which I'm really happy about. Hopefully, that gives everything enough time and they're constantly testing. But, Nikki, that was inevitable. We knew it was going to happen at some point. And I'm surprised it took until week three to get there. Yeah, and I remember... um... I remember we did quite a bit of this in the summer. We were talking about well, what happens if someone gets it, like what is the protocol going to be? But it seems like they're taking necessary precautions and they're trying to get a handle on it. And, hey, if we get Tuesday night football, I'm not mad about it. Is she kidding me? <laughs> right, D, that's what I'm saying. I'll take another night of football. Yeah, no, it would definitely be interesting to have a Tuesday night game. Um, but, yeah, we – talked about this we knew that eventually it was going to happen because there's so many outside circumstances that go into these games with traveling buses planes and just you know you it's no one's fault but eventually this is going to happen um you know it could have been being the most careful and still this could happen so hopefully this is you know just a one-time thing hopefully it's not something that happens multiple times but you know, you're not able to do a bubble with 
with this many teams and this many players. So this was a chance that we took with this, and hopefully we're able to move forward and not blow up the season anyway. Yeah, and uh, obviously health first. That's number one. So whatever they got to do to make sure they take care of themselves. And yeah, it's really hard. Uh, again, you know, you do come into contact with people. Obviously, it's very difficult when you're out there. So it happens. We knew it was going to happen. It's how is the NFL going to deal with it if it gets to a worse level where multiple teams are now having outbreaks? Um, again, they have contingency contingency plans, excuse me, but I don't know exactly what they are and how it's going to work. Um, let's just really hope that this is a once in a, a once in the whole uh, year thing. I, I really don't know, but it scares me and it's week four coming up. We'll see what happens and have the teams do with that. So, Really, that's neighborhood news for the most part, but we do want to get into the NBA Finals, Damian, without a doubt, as we have a very interesting one. We got LeBron with the Lakers going against his old team where he got his first championship with the Miami Heat. A lot of people didn't think the Heat had what it took to get there. A lot of them picked Boston or Toronto or obviously Milwaukee with Giannis, but Miami really ran through the Eastern Conference. Yeah. No, Miami's definitely a real team, and I don't think people are giving them enough respect when it comes to these NBA Finals predictions. I see a lot of Lakers in four, Lakers in five, you know, Lakers in five if they get distracted by somebody in the bubble. A lot of jokes going on. And yeah. <laughs> I see that I think the Heat will give them a true challenge after Lakers in six. I do think the Lakers have a better team. The Heat, as well as they are coached and as well as they execute, when it comes down to it, the Lakers have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And those two players are far and, far and out better than anybody that he had. As great as Jimmy Butler is, as great as Gordon Dragic has played, as great as Bam Adebayo has been, they are now on the level of two top five guys and LeBron and AD. So I think that will be the difference. But the Heat, because they are so well coached and they do execute so well, will make this a series and have the Heat when it's tonight. I have the Lakers in six. Um, I have the Lakers in six as well, and I thought of even going to seven maybe because Miami is a team that they're not familiar with, um, but the same can be said the other way around as well. So it's going to be tough. And, yeah, the number one thing, like you said, going against AD and LeBron, two of the top five, two of the top seven players, whatever you want to say in the NBA, they have not faced that yet. So that's going to be a whole new challenge. Are the Lakers going to go small ball? Are they going to go big? You know, they can adapt. They're chameleons. They adapt to what's going on. LeBron is the coach on the court, and they know what's going to happen. So, yeah, I got the Lakers in six as well. There's no home court advantage, obviously, here. So uh, I'm taking the Lakers. It's destiny. It was meant to happen, and LeBron will be the first one to have an MVP for three different teams in three different NBA finals. Just amazing. I don't know how much more he could do to try to get to MJ, but if he does that, They'll get as close as possible, Damien. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's, yeah, as an MJ guy myself, it's hard to give up that grip I have on that saying MJ's the GOAT. But LeBron keeps doing more and more to take that away. You know, um, Michael Smith, who used to be on ESPN with his and hers, made a great analogy on it, saying that it's like Prince and Michael Jackson. A lot of people love Prince. A lot of people love Michael Jackson. Mm. Everybody respects their body of works. Even if you're a Prince guy or if you're a Michael Jackson guy, you have to respect the other one and respect how they're a goat in their own way. And I think we have to do the same with LeBron and Michael Jordan. I'm with that, man. I'm with that. I hear you. Look, when you go to 
nine straight finals in 10 years. And it could have been 10 out of 10 uh, because, you know, again, he got hurt last year. Yeah, just incredible what he does. So amazing game one tonight. Can't wait to watch it. That's NBA action, finals action. Let's get to NFL action right now. Week three recap. So it's going to be our week three recap reaction. Our records from last week. Two of you guys did good. One of us didn't. I'm the guy who didn't. I had a horrible week. I was seven, eight, and one. I mean, just embarrassing, really. But truth be told, seven, eight, and one. I got two of my locks out of three. So I didn't completely lock it up. Bad week. But both of you went 10, five, and one. The only difference is Damian had two of his locks come through. And Nikki, one of yours, uh, came through. The crazy one that came through for me and uh, you guys were on me for it, and I understand why, but the Packers over New Orleans, which we're going to get into, I did have that as a lock, which is kind of strange. But Arizona disappointed all of us, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> Yeah. No, they definitely did. Uh, Kyler Murray definitely was disappointed in that game as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And look, the, the, these things happen. Uh, it's NFL. You're playing other NFL players, and – like I said, the Lions, even though I, I locked Arizona in because I thought they would win the game, I did say the Lions are going to be a tough matchup for them, and they turned out to be winning 26-23. We'll get into that in a little bit. So we've each won a week so far. Damien, you've actually won two because you tied with Nikki, and you had the two locks, obviously. So well done. We've all won a week. Uh, we've all won a week in that freaky fantasy draft that we got going. We'll do that a little bit later. But let's do... The breakdown of the games really quick. We do a sentence or two to what happened with each game. The first one was a Thursday night game, Miami, 31 over Jacksonville, 13. Uh, so the Dolphins won that one. And my sentence, guys, is razor blades went out of sale in Jacksonville because everybody is finally shaving their mustaches off because maybe they're done with this whole thing. <laughs> so that's what I got for that one. Damien, what do you got for this game? Ah, that's right. Go for the whole thing, man. <laughs> Good. I like it. What do you got, Nick? I have Fitz Magic finishing off Gardner and the Minshews. Oh, all right. I love it. Yes. I tried for you, Jay. You, you did. You did. I tried. <laughs> you did. And you done well. Excellent job. I love it. Way to go, Nikki. <laughs> I love this stuff. All right. Next game, Pittsburgh. Beat the Houston Texans 28-21 in a game where the Texans were leading for a while, but the Steelers come out on top. 3-0, guys. How about that? So mine is plain and simple. Big Ben showing how much he was missed. There you go. You stick in that quarterback. You got a brand new team, Damian. What's yours? Oh, mine is I wish we all had the job security at Bill O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> That is good. Very good. Creative. Excellent. What do you got, Nick? I got Blitzburg strikes again. Five stacks on the day. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. That offensive line for uh, the Houston Texans has never been good. Ever, ever. So I don't know when they're going to get that one together. The next one is just, I, just awful. I mean, it made everybody cry including the Rocky statue in the Cincinnati-Philadelphia game. There were reports of the Rocky statue, tears coming out of its eyes in Philadelphia. Still can't get a win. 
even against the Bengals coming to visit your own house. What a mess, Damien. Your shot. Yeah. Um, I said, of course, trash is going to tie. We're trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was a game of trash. That's exactly what it was. Horrible. What about you, Nikki? Should put his ass on the bench. Oh, well done. Well done calling him out. I was going to do that talking about the game. Yeah, Doug Peterson not showing confidence in his team, not looking good. We got the New England Patriots against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm getting used to saying that now. They won 36 to 20. So the Patriots are still doing their thing. And mine is not even a sentence. I'm just going to give him a nickname, and that's if, I think he may have it already, but it's Tyrannosaurus Rex Burkhead. That guy is an animal. I, I think he had three <laughs> touchdowns that game. He has that, <laughs> <laughs> he must somewhere. I don't know. But, yeah, that guy is – yeah, he had a hell of a game uh, against Vegas. He got three touchdowns, and he just runs forward, and he doesn't stop. You can't get that guy back. So, uh, well job, uh, well done job all around by the New England Patriots. What do you got for this one, Damian? New England runs 21 on the blackjack table in Vegas. Ooh, smooth move. There you go. Tying it in nice. I like it. All right, Nikki. Mine's easy. All hail the comeback kid. Mm, no doubt. No, certainly looking like it right now, that comeback player, man. Oh, unbelievable. Next one, Cleveland, 34 over Washington football team, 20. So the Browns win that game, and holy running game, Batman. They just ran all over the place. What a job they did. Cleveland really looked great on the ground, and that's what uh, you know Stefanski was brought there for. Run the ball. You got two great backs, and then work your wide receivers and tight ends into it. So good job by Cleveland in this game. They actually look like a football team playing against the football team. So what do you got, Damian? Cleveland is over. 500 for the first time in seven years, thanks to the schedule makers. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, you play who you play, and there they are, two and one. How about that? (laughs) Nikki, I know how much you love Cleveland and uh, the Browns over there, so what do you got for this? (laughs) Uh, No, I just put it for Haskins specifically. If we know what's coming, okay, you damn well know the opposing team knows what's coming. He telegraphs like everything he's doing. Like, oh, he keeps hmm. staring down the wide receiver. You know exactly where you're going, dude. Come on. Come on, man. Yeah, you actually bring out a really good point with that. She does, Damien, with, uh, you know, he doesn't, he does stare down his receivers. He does. No, definitely. Like, when his interceptions come, you, you definitely see him. It's very Trubisky-like. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Something like that, no doubt. All right, let's move on to our last few before we get to our Rewind 5 and Hour games. Going, going through a little bit quickly here, we got the Carolina Panthers beating the Los Angeles Chargers 21-16. The only thing i got to say about this game is that the jerseys made it look like a fluorescent like light show or something like that with all the colors. So n- not much more to add to that. Damien, what do you got? comes through with the big win taking out the charge yeah they sure did they unplugged their asses i guess <laughs> what do you what do you got nikki uh, i put herbert was feeling the burn brian burns that is oh nice well done <laughs> well done i like it right there 
Ah, another blowout over here. Indianapolis, 36 over the New York Jets. A whole big seven points. The Colts, they win the game. The New York Jets have decided to quarantine the team in fear of violent fans coming at them, whether it be in the street, their homes, whatever. They are somewhere that we do not know right now because they are just embarrassed to even be outside. What do you got, D? Uh, the color green should sue the Jets for embarrassing him. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> That's good. Nikki, follow that one. And through the woods to the Jets end zone we go. Uh, that's no, that's well done as well. Very good right there. Well done. Wow, look at this. Good stuff, guys. All right. Next one we got is Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning 28 to 10 in Denver against the Broncos. Those mother bucking Denver Broncos, man. Unbelievable what, what's going on with them. Yeah. I was very careful. I pronounced my B very, very careful right there. What do you what do you got, Damien? Yep, he bucked the heck out of them, no doubt. They're starting to look in sync right now. They really are. We'll talk about it. What do you got, Nikki? Same thing. I just put bucking the Broncos. Yep, there you go. Yep. It's real real easy. Real easy. Uh, last one before we get to our games and rewind five here on the 3rd and 3 podcast with myself, Jason Fearman. We got Nikki and Damien in the house as well. Uh, Detroit 26, Arizona 23. We touched on it. To me, it was a typical trap game. Cardinals going in feeling themselves, but they they got knocked out. So, you know, they went in cocky, and they came out with a three-point loss. So, there you go. What do you say, Dean? Finally, the pencil has a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, maybe you switched it up from a number two to, like, some high-grade pencil lead or something like that. I have no idea. Good one. All right, Nikki, what do you got for this? I just put Hall pass. That pass to Marvin Hall at the one-yard line. I know it was called Dak, but that was a great play. Mm, good one. Very good. Yep, she had her eye on that game, no doubt, as we all did. All right, let's get into our games. Um, Damien, we're going to save yours for last because I'm really not going to be busting on Nikki too much over here. It's not her fault. It's not anybody's fault. But blame it on the 49ers coaching. That's the way I see it, Nikki. Look, 36 to 9, obviously, we stomped you out, as Michael Strahan would like to say. So we I definitely. Don't do that day. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, I'll back <laughs> off a little bit. Let me pump the brakes. Let me pump the brakes. I'll pump the brakes. Giants got a lot, a lot to work out. I thought their defense would have done a better job, obviously, but. Uh, yeah, I was even a little shocked by this game. But, again, we come out with players hurt. Jarek McKinnon, Jordan Reed got banged up in this game. So the schedule broke out a little lucky for us. But the thing I take away from this uh, more than anything, Nikki, uh, is the 49ers coaching is that much better than maybe 30 other teams in the NFL. When you're able to win with Nick Mullins, who was who had a perfect day throwing a touchdown, Jarek McKinnon doing well before he got hurt, and, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, uh, what do you call it? Our rookie finally uh, getting his thing going, Brandon Ayuk getting into the end zone. So I was happy with what I saw. And, again, it's just schematically what they were able to do is the reason why they won, Nikki, in my opinion. Oh, my 
my god. Ayuk? He makes you want to puke, this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I'm at the point where I have, and for me to say I have no words, is like, because I will rant like nobody's business. But I, <laughs> you know what, Giants fans, okay? Props to you, because we sit there through thick and thin, through this bullshit, disgusting crap <laughs> that they to out there on the field week after week, and if people don't see that this is a major ownership problem, I don't know what else to tell you, because it doesn't matter who the GM is, we've had Jerry Reese, now we have Gettleman, we've had four different head coaches, Shermer, Van Cough. Coughlin, McAdoo, now we have Joe Judge. It don't matter who the quarterback is. doesn't matter who's on defense. doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator is. No, what matters is ownership. I mean, John Mara and Steve Tisch cannot come together on anything. Steve Tisch is out in Hollywood. John Mara's burying his head in the sand. But please, by all means, you know, still send out your invoice for your PSL every year. Nobody wants to watch this crap. You know what my takeaways from the game are? Here's my takeaways. The Giants are going backwards. The offensive line rebuild is not working. The defense, while having some bright spots, namely James Bradbury, and that's it, uh, is still way too inconsistent. There is no run game, and the offense is inept again. Again, how there are some serious fundamental problems with this franchise, and I'm to the point where I just don't think I can watch it anymore. No offense to the 49ers. Yes, that's a great job, but you literally had the second string out there, and some of our starters couldn't even compete. That is a problem. Yeah, that really is a problem, Nikki. It is. I mean, you're right. Again, second stringers, um, for the most part out there, and rookies – having their way and again it does it you you went to the top with the owners and again it could be the coaching you know first time coaching joe judge but no execution from the giants it's it's yeah it's really it's a shit show right now damien so she hit on all the major points but that's yeah that's what i take away as well from the giants it's it's become a poorly run organization at the moment where they usually are right on top of things even when they go eight and eight at times you know, they still have a plan and things work out and they win a couple of Super Bowls here and there, back to back, whatever it may be. So I, I'm, I'm feeling for the Giants and their fans right now. And as a 49er fan, I'm shocked that they won the game by as much as they did. I actually, again, had the Giants winning. I thought that they would actually pull out some squeaky win, Damian. But the 49ers execution and coaching is what makes this thing work. And they have the right players in the right spot. Yeah, no, they're definitely very well coached. When you have a team that is suffering so many injuries to major players, including the quarterback, your two defensive ends, running back, and you're able to execute in this way, understand it's against the Giants. And everything Nikki said was right. If I was a Giants fan, I'd be feeling the same way. Uh, as, but as a 49ers fan, you got to feel proud. Even though you can take the excuse and try to be, you know, stoic about it and say it's just the Giants, but to execute in that way, you got a rookie wide receiver. And Brandon Ayuk, who looked great, and it's going to be a big part of that passing game if they want to have a good passing game going forward. They need him to step up, so it's good that he was able to step up in this game and you know get a rushing touchdown as well and be part of that unique rushing attack that you guys have. So I think that the 49ers are in a good place once they get Jimmy G back. They get Mostert back. You know, of course you're not going to get your defensive lineman back, but 
once you get those guys back, you got to be in good shape in the NFC West. And with Arizona taking that bad loss, the Rams taking that loss, you guys are right there in the picture. So if, I think you should be proud right now and understand why Nikki feels why she, how she feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I am proud. Um, it was definitely a proud moment. I was like, wow, really? They can even do this with, with the other guys. So, again, a lot of it does come down to execution. That's why coaching is so important in football. And we know it. And there's one head coach on one side and another on another side who's just getting his feet wet in the league. So now we're talking about the Saints and the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur and Sean Payton going head to head. And it was a great game to watch. It was fun. It was high scoring like we thought. Unfortunately for Damian, it didn't work out his way. It was Green Bay 37, New Orleans 30. So they won by a touchdown. And it, Damian, it seemed like one play turned the game around when Smith forced that fumble and Hill seemingly a little out of sorts before the ball was snapped. It seemed like it was something inconsistent over there. And again, getting that fumble and then the Packers being able to score and hold it off, that, that was the game right there. Otherwise, the Saints would have kept marching down the field. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That definitely was a game-changing play. Our offense at that point was just going up and down the field at will, and that play changed it all. And you don't want to put it all on Taysom Hill because he's done some great things for the Saints. But, you know, yeah, I think he's probably still thinking about that moment as well in the game. But also our defense kept getting beat deep, kept getting beat deep. Like, Lazard is one of the wide receivers that people point to when they say that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons and he builds goals and just destroys us. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel, it's not a good look for your defense when one of the guys that's not supposed to be a weapon turns into a weapon against you. Um, and for me, it's frustrating because I don't remember the last time the Saints had two good cornerbacks at the same time. We've always had someone who's a liability at corner. If you go back to of course, last year, Eli Apple, we made all the jokes about Eli Apple. Um, before Eli Apple, well, before that, you had the Brandon Browner year, where we brought him in from Seattle. He was supposed to help us out, and he was most penalized cornerback in the league and would hold the pass interference seemed like every third down. So it's always one corner out of our two starters was a liability. And Janoris Jenkins was definitely a liability in that game, getting beat deep. And another thing that was also just kind of depressing to watch is Aaron Rodgers just fling the ball down the field, 60 yards with ease, and Drew Brees not throwing more than 13 yards in the air. That was a little depressing, and the stats can deceive you. If you didn't watch the game, you're like, oh, man, Brees was killing it. He had a 75-yard touchdown pass. But he threw it literally one yard to Alvin Kamara. Kamara had an amazing, (laughs) amazing run to get that touchdown. Alvin Kamara. If like for positive is amazing, like he is just <laughs> simply amazing. And uh, one of my friends put on Facebook that he thinks Al Kamara is just dipped in oil. Like, <laughs> no, no way a guy should be that slippery as he is. And he was able to do a lot. Um, our offense did look like itself again, and that's very good. But you do worry about the lack of going downfield. And you know, I joke about the 13 yard pass, but. We've only, we only went, you know, in air yards down the field more than 15, I believe, one time during the game. So you're going to need that because even with Michael Thomas back, you're going to have teams that can press on you with the corners, stack the box, and say, okay, we're not scared of you going over the top. 
So now we're just going to make sure that we have these 10 yards covered, or these 15 yards covered. It makes it extremely tough for you to move the ball. And now America only makes so many people miss with a screen pass. Or, you know, Emmanuel Sanders going to make so many people miss after he gets a quick slant. Or, you know, Trey Smith, whoever's getting the ball at the time. So we do need that downfield attack. And they did try one time with Taysom Hill to go downfield, but it wasn't open. He took off and ran. But if you're doing it with Taysom Hill, it's going to be kind of predictable because once you see him step back and he's not running, you're like, okay, they're going to try to go deep because he's the one who actually has the arm out here, unless you bring in Janus. So that's a little concerning. But in our two games that we did lose, it's not a loss to where I feel that we're not a good team. We're still a very good team that can win the NFC, or the NFC South at least. And we have some games coming up that's going to help us playing against, you know, the pencil guy himself this week in Detroit. So <laughs> I, mean, I, feel, I feel a little better about that one. But it's a little frustrating when you see Aaron Rodgers, who isn't that much younger than Drew Brees, just being able to swing the ball down the field like that. And Drew Brees, obviously the arm isn't there anymore, but he's still very good at making the right decisions that lead to, you know, Alvin Kamara being the big old tackle. So it's, for me, I know I'm going on a little long here about my team, but we we got some we got some good pointers there, but on defense, Janoris Jenkins has to improve. Can't give you over the top like that. So our safeties have to be there as well. And offensively, I feel like we're getting our groove back. So I feel pretty good about us being one and two in this with our status and the way we look. Yeah, again, still a long way to go. Your number one receiver maybe in the entire league, Michael Thomas, wasn't there. I know Devontae Adams wasn't there on the other side. But, look, Aaron Rodgers, again, reminding people that he's there and relax and, you know, we're going to do our thing. All right, we're up against the clock over here. We're going to go to a very quick commercial break, 60 seconds. We will be back. The third and three podcast, we're going to do our Rewind 5 and then get into a whole bunch of other stuff. Hang in there. We'll see you in a minute. Yes, 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 yes. Back with the third three podcast over here. Drake is the man of the day. We've been uh, playing Drake songs. We're going to play a few more. You know how we do it with our themes over here on the third and three podcast. We are brawling right now. We're going right through it. Doing week three recap and ranting, and we're going to get into week four, but we got so much more for you, like Knowledge with Nikki, Mal Player Player, and we're going to get into that right now. So let's close out the week three, guys, with the Rewind 5 over here. The first game I have listed was probably the craziest game, or maybe the second craziest game of the weekend behind the Atlanta game, and that would be the Rams and the Bills. Uh, wow. Okay, so we all know what happened. I mean, the, the Bills... Up 28 to 3, just taking control at home, doing their thing. But then the Rams come back. They play hurry up offense, which Nikki and I ranted about. Why don't teams always play hurry up offense? Because we know what happens. They score touchdowns. So they end up coming back and then they have the lead. They're about to like actually win the game. And then you get this, in my opinion, guys, a phantom pass interference call on Jalen Ramsey. That was not pass interference. And because of that, That was a fourth and nine play. If they had not called pass interference, then the Rams win. But they did. They gave the Bills another chance. They went in. They scored. Game over. So 
my opinion is that maybe neither team deserved to win, but in the end, they got it wrong because I just don't think that that was uh, pass interference, Damien. Yeah, it was a tough call, but there was there was contact after five yards. They could have called a legal contact. Would have been an automatic first down that way as well. So I think either way, the Bills probably end up scoring on that possession. It's a tough call, but I can see why the referee made it. And again, on fourth and nine, though, you know, that's almost like, you know, don't blow the whistle unless it's clearly obvious. And and again, to me, I forgot who the receiver was. Was it uh, was it Diggs? Maybe I'm not sure who it was, but but either way, um, yeah, it's escaping my memory right now. It looked like they were, you know, pushing their arm back as well, or kind of hooking the arm a little bit to maybe create separation. I don't know, Nikki. I just don't think that flag should have been thrown. But overall, that was, a, you know, a great game to watch, and the Rams being able to come back and take that lead and possibly pulling off that, you know, road upset, if you want to call it that. We just saw two of the better teams in the NFL, in my opinion, even though it was a weird game, Nikki. Yeah, it was, but it was a great game. And we said this last week, right? Like, if Buffalo's going to be tested, it's week three, right? Yep. Um, but, listen, Josh Allen, man, you guys called it. This dude is money, all right? Like, don't you just love watching him play? Yes. Like, he, you know what? A lot of people... Please stop doubting Buffalo. I think we could say they're the real deal now, okay? They're going to be a contender. You're doubting Josh Allen. I don't think you should. He's had a phenomenal season so far. He has a passer rating of 124.8. You know who's ahead of him? Lamar Jackson and the future MVP for this year, Russell Wilson. Okay, that's that ain't too shabby. So, Buffalo, you're an underdog. I know people count you out. Josh Allen, people count you out. But guess what? When the back's against the wall, you just can't count out the underdog. So, I thought it was a great game, and I'm happy to see Buffalo. So far, so good. Yeah, definitely so far, so good. They're doing their thing. They're, they're Look, they're running, they're passing, and I'm with you. I love Love, love watching Josh Allen play. When I saw him come in as a rookie, I didn't think that he was going to be like the greatest quarterback that ever lived or anything, but I'm like, this guy is tough. He reminds me of Big Ben. He reminds me of John Elway. And look, he, he loves to run and he gets it done. He's a big guy. Don't, people don't like tackling him, Damien. And um, yeah, they're, they're definitely for real. You know, I don't like that they blew that lead, obviously, if you're a Bills fan, but they did come out on top, and it seems like uh, your boy, I mean, he's been my boy for a while, but you did say quantum leap this year, and he's doing it. Yeah, no, Josh Allen's amazing. Uh, one thing I don't want him to do anymore, though, is run into Aaron Donald. That's not a, a recipe for success. I don't, <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to see him doing that. As strong as big as Josh Allen is, when he ran to Aaron Donald that one time, he stopped. He ran into a straight brick wall on that play. And I understand that's part of this, their offense is having him run. They even scored a touchdown with him doing like a little option play. So I understand that's part of it. But, you know, you want your quarterback to be safe. Uh, he also can be a little reckless at times. There was one play where he was running and just decided to do an option. Just like, oh, let me just flip the ball to the side and went out of bounds. Yeah. So he has plays where he can just go just – a little nuclear with his playmaking, and he's going to be creative. You want that side of him, but he has to kind of tame it down a little bit. But, yeah, he's been amazing this year, man. His stats have been awesome. And also, just one more thing in that pass interference. The irony, 
the irony of the Rams fans to complain about a pass interference. Oh, wow. In the NFC Championship game, when you're about to go to the Super Bowl? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, so, the irony, just the unmitigated gall of you to complain about a pass interference call. This one definitely wasn't worse than the one that happened in New Orleans in the NFC Championship game. He, man, no, and that's a, that's a well done rant and, and a deserved rant. There's no doubt about it, right there. Right, they shouldn't be complaining about anything. You know, they should be complaining about only putting up three points in the Super Bowl. That's what they should be complaining about. So, yeah, hell of a game, fun to watch. And look, Buffalo pulls it out, but the Rams are definitely for real. Um, I'm not sure if either of these teams are for real, but Nikki Chicago is now three and zero. They won thirty to twenty six over Atlanta. A lot of us know the story, uh, you know, by now. The Falcons players, I don't know if they're being paid off. I don't know what's going on. Matt Nagy was just waiting for any excuse to pull Trubisky, even with the 2-0 record, Nikki, because, you know, in-game, you could do what you want. You're the head coach. Outside of the game, you're talking to the GM, the owner, whatever. Who do you want to play? There's money involved and stuff like that. But he made the decision in-game, so it goes to show you – that, you know, the better guy can get the job done with decent receivers like Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson, who could be a monster now, Jimmy Graham. So they did a, a damn good job, uh, the Bears. And Nick Foles is now their starting quarterback. And what happens with Mitch Trubisky, I have no idea. But And the other storyline is the Falcons blew it again. <laughs> so you take this wherever you want to go because it was a mix of sloppiness and weirdness all over that game. Yeah, welcome back, Napoleon Dynamite, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Atlanta? Like, I, I really can't with this team. I can't. I'm thankful that Calvin Ridley, you know, you just go off on fantasy. But, okay. <laughs> you told me where I want to take it. Here's where I'm taking it. Atlanta, the Falcons, you know what they remind me of. Ladies, if you're listening, you'll understand this. That guy that just peaks a little bit too soon and just Atlanta's blowing leads like certain guys blow something else. Okay? I love it. You've got to be kidding me. You you cannot keep peaking too early Atlanta because it just, you blow it. Okay? You blow it. You run out of steam and you can't finish the job. Okay? So, (laughs) you want to talk about frauds, Atlanta, Falcons, you are fraudulent. They so are. It's unreal how they can blow two games like that. Damien, what the hell, man? I mean, look, what's going? what goes on with them in the fourth quarter or when they get a lead? Do they just hold back? You know, like, I, I don't understand. How does this happen, Damien? I, I don't get it. It's not explainable, man. You know, it's what the Falcons do. You know, they just blow leads in the fourth quarter. They're not dependable. You know, I love the analogy that Nikki made. And that woman, <laughs> that's a great analogy. It's a great analogy about that team, you know, not being able to come through when they're needed. And for me, I just have one thing to say. I love it. I love the fact that they can't hold them to the league. And there's three things you can tell in their life. Taxes. Unless, you know, you're certain people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got <laughs> death, we're all going to die one day, and the Falcons blowing the court, the, the lead in the fourth quarter. Those are three things you can depend on in life, <laughs> and they just don't be there. All right? 
I love it. I love it. Absolutely great. Absolutely. I just can't figure it out with them. Dan Quinn, I don't know if he's going to be gone in the next couple of weeks, depending on how the Falcons play or or after the season or whatever it's going to be. But he will not be the Falcons head coach in 2021. I can tell you that. All right. So moving on to the Seattle Dallas game. Seattle won 38 to 31 in Seattle. Tough game. Seahawks pull it out. And when Tyler is playing, you can lock it up. Three touchdowns, I, th- I think he had. And Russell Wilson, five touchdowns, continuing his MVP, you know, just race now with Patrick Mahomes after that Monday night performance. But Russell Wilson still amazing doing his thing. And the Dallas Cowboys, again, scoring 31 points. We know they got a good offense. But if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, you're happy with your offense. But what about the defense, Damian? That's the thing where you're like, Damn, we may have may have an issue over here. The Patriots put up thirty on them, so the defense is not you know playing up to par right now. I know Jamal Adams is out, but dude, you know that that's going to be their issue going forward. Yeah, it's a it's a little concerning, but they did give up points to two good offenses, right? New England, Cam Newton was on a different level that night with the passing and the running. Dak Prescott has been amazing passing the ball. And maybe we both owe Nikki an apology because she had Brown Prescott rated over West in our NFC East rankings. Yeah. And he went against that. And she, and she was correct on that so far. Prescott's been amazing. He hasn't been able to pull these out, but it's not on him. You know, the defense for Dallas has not been stopping anything. And he's been, you know, throwing all over the field. And for Seattle, I just want to say that I sincerely apologize to Russell Wilson because I was too quick to give the crown to Patrick Mahomes. Now, Mahomes is awesome, right? He showed on Monday night again while a lot of people think he's the best quarterback in the league. But Russell Wilson, what he's doing is simply amazing. Like when Kansas City on offense does things, we'll get into a little more. It's a difference between what they do and everybody getting credit. And then what Seattle does, and you're like, oh, man, Russell Wilson, that was amazing. And yep. the fact that they do some of the things they do and be so aggressive at times, like the pass to DK Metcalf for the touchdown that pretty much filled up the game, the fact that you did that in that down and distance, you felt comfortable enough to throw it deep to him. After Metcalf made that horrible mistake and had the touchdown that was taken away because he won the lolly- lollygag with the ball, is simply just trusting Russell Wilson and knowing that he can make the perfect throw at the perfect time. His deep ball is one of the best I've ever seen. It's kind of up there with, you know, the if you want to take it back to Jeff George and Warren Moon, those, those type of deep balls, he's on that level when he throws deep balls so pretty. So, yeah, I apologize to Russell Wilson. He's the best QB in the league right now. And Patrick Mahomes is a close second. I, I love to hear it, man. I really love to hear it. And, you know, again, like you said, it shows confidence in Russell Wilson. Like, go out there and do your thing. Complete opposite of what Doug Peterson has for Carson Wentz right now. Uh, just amazing. And one thing, Nikki, about this game that was a negative for them where they could have scored even more points to Seattle is DK Metcalf catching a really long bomb from Russell Wilson. And then I believe it was Tavon Diggs, the rookie for the Cowboys, who knocked the ball out at the one-yard line for a touchback. I don't know if you saw that play or not, but that was a bonehead. And DK Metcalf will never do that again. He wasted a touchdown uh, by a great play uh, from the Cowboys player. 
Yeah, you're damn right. But he still, he still did have a, a, a good game. And Damian, on behalf of the Russell Wilson fan club, we accept and appreciate your apology. <laughs> we forgive you. <laughs> it was like you guys said. I mean, I don't care about the Cowboys. I'm glad they lost. I'm happy. Whatever. But just watching what Russell Wilson does week in and week out, like, here's the thing. Kansas City's got all the weapons. Mahomes has a lot of toys. Like, Russell Wilson doesn't always have that. And what he can talk about making something out of nothing, he does it all the time. And he never gets noticed for it until now. But I just love watching this guy play. I really don't think it gets too much better than that. No, it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, again, he's basically perfection, and we all know that interception wasn't his fault. It was just right off his receiver's hands with Greg Olson, of all people. So, uh, yeah, no doubt. They're for real. We got They got to, you know, make sure things are better on defense if they want to win the big one. So we'll see. Um, two more games in the round five. Let's go to Tennessee, Minnesota. This will kind of be quick, actually. It, look, it was a good game. Minnesota was winning. They looked comfortable. I believe it was 24-12 at one point. And then here comes Tennessee roaring back, running with the ball. Derrick Henry scoring a couple of touchdowns late to try to seal it. But the Vikings had that game. They should have won that game. They should have ran out the clock when they had the chance. But it did not work out for them. And look, Tennessee was able to pick up the victory in a game where they really should not have won. But they ended up winning. And Minnesota's just got to be killing themselves right now at 0-3. And the Titans at 3-0. and and they seem to keep winning and winning. And ever since Ryan Tannehill's got there, they've been doing their stuff. So in this game, yeah, Minnesota probably should have won, but the Titans came out on top. So yeah. no, they definitely should have won this game. They got the performance out of Justin Jefferson that we were waiting for. Yeah, in the last two weeks, we need uh, Minnesota needs Jefferson to step up and to fill those shoes of Stephon Diggs. He steps up as. A hell of a game. Like, he might not have a better game than this in his career. To go for 175 yards and a touchdown, that's tough to do at any point in your career, especially a third game in the league. For him to step up that way, for Dalvin Cook to get almost 200 yards rushing and you still lose, that defense has to be killing themselves. Uh, but Tennessee, man, they're just a tough team that's going to keep fighting, keep fighting. They believe in Tannehill. They're going to run that ball behind that monster in Derrick Henry. And they're going to be a team that's tough to reckon with, man. You know, my pick, the AFC South right there. Yep, that's right. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans, uh, they definitely fight all the way to the end. And like you said, the problem um, with Minnesota right now is they're giving up way too many points, Nikki. That's that's another thing. They can't score as many points, but they've been getting racked up on all season long. It's been three weeks, and they're looking like one of the worst defenses out there, and that's going to hold them back from winning that division. Too. They were too young, a little suspect. But I only have a sentence for this game. And you know why Tennessee won? Because all roads lead to Gutskowski. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. Wow. Wow. From week one to what happened in week three, whole different thing right there. Yep, that does. Uh, supposedly Hall of Famer one day. All right, let's get that to the his third consecutive game that he hit the game-winning field goal. Like, yeah, look, that he was in New England. Yeah, he was in New England doing it in the clutch for a while, so I don't know what week one was all about, but he definitely shook the rust off right there with that one. All right, so that was our Rewind 5, except for one more game that we got to get to, and that was Monday night. 
Um, I'll be I'll be brief with it. Look, Kansas City won 34 to 20. It surprised me. I think it surprised all of us a little bit. We all had Baltimore in that game. Their first drive looked great. They looked like they were going in the end zone, but they settled for a field goal. And from that point on, it was just Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. To me, it was just amazing how, even though how great he is and the best quarterback or the second best quarterback right there with Russell Wilson, um, how amazing he was and getting out of the pocket when you know they were blitzing all night, the plays that he made. Patrick Mahomes is absolutely incredible with the stuff he does. And I really can't say more than that. If you watch the game, you know that he was even worse than 34-20. They beat him badly. One of the touchdowns that they got was on special teams. So Kansas City, they're the Super Bowl champions, and they looked every bit of it last night, Damian, or the other night, I should say. Yeah, no, they definitely looked every bit of it. And one thing that I was pointing out about Russell Wilson is that you never watch a Seattle play and you're like, man, that was an amazing play call. Right? Usually you say, man, Russell Wilson made something out of nothing, or that was a great pass for Russell Wilson. With the Chiefs, there's other things that go into it, like the play where they had Tyreek Kill in the backfield. He zooms out as if he's going to do a sweep, and then next thing you know, they're doing a little shuffle pass to the fullback for a touchdown. There's certain things that they do play calling-wise, and the offensive genius that Andy Reid is, along with the offensive coordinator, makes the job easier for Mahomes. And I don't know if we're going to see more speed on the field than we saw yesterday between both teams. Both teams are not just fast, but my favorite words there. (laughs) 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 So you think about the Chiefs with Hill, Watkins, Hardman, even Kelsey for a tight end is fast. You know, the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, very fast. For the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, that punt returner, Duvernay, man, that return he had, once he got going, man, like that, he's one of the fastest dudes in the league. Like, that was incredible. So, on the field, they, and not to mention Hollywood Brown as well, so they have some of the most speed period in the league in that game. And for Kansas City to win so easily was shocking. I definitely, you know, it wasn't going to be shocking day one, but the fact that it was pretty much over in the second quarter is crazy. And it did make it somewhat close, but then the Chiefs went ahead and scored the last touchdown to create that last separation. But right. the Chiefs are on a different level right now. They should know that, you know, they're the defending champs. They deserve to be respected as such. And they're the best team in the league right now. Is and you could put Seattle in that conversation, but we mentioned how Seattle's defense isn't matching to the offense yet. But the Chiefs, their defense is looking good as well. So when you have a team full of weapons with Patrick Mahomes, that offensive creativeness that they have, along with the defense playing well, it's tough to see them losing. Now they do have some tough matches coming up, but it's going to be tough to see that that loss coming for them and that. And that L column, because this team is just that. Yep. They they had a hiccup last week. You know, they had to go to overtime to beat the Chargers. But, you know, we saw that, you know, they stepped up and they went into Baltimore's house, Nikki, and they dominated them. They totally dominated. Yeah. It uh, wasn't a great night in my house. As everyone knows, I am married to a Ravens fan. So, you know, it wasn't the best night. But, look, like I said last week, 
whoever lost this game, you can't feel that bad about it. Like, you're losing to one of the best teams in the league. All the credit to Andy Reid. I'll kind of get into it in my mouth, player, player. But, um, yeah, the Ravens, at the end of the day, just couldn't keep up. Kansas City had an answer for everything, and they were definitely more prepared. Yeah, they really were. So many good players on both sides of the ball, even on defense. We talk about Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew, what he brings to the table. So, Yep, they're a team that could repeat, man. They're unbelievable, and that'd be amazing to see them versus uh, either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. What a quarterback matchup that would be. All right, so that's our Rewind 5. We're wrapping it up there, but we're going to do some Mount Player play action right now, and we're going to continue with the theme this week. We've got a new theme next week coming up, but we're going with our two positives and two negatives. And to get the ball rolling, guys, I want to start out with my first positive, and is actually, it, it, it could be taken as a negative, but it's a positive. And it's the tie game between the Bengals and the Eagles because neither team lost this weekend. They can actually say, nope, we didn't lose the game. It was a tie game. We didn't win, but neither one of them lost. So that's the positive that these two horrible teams can take out of it. Give me one of yours, Nikki. What's your positive? Yep, him and Eric and me make a hell of a team, Damien. There's no, no that about it. So that that's a good one. All right, what's one of your positives, D? Uh, my positive is the New England running attack. You know, I mentioned my, my little one sentence about them running up 21 on blackjack against Vegas. But Sonny <laughs> Michelle had 117 yards. You had Rex Burkhead with two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown as well. Um, he had 49 yards rushing. He also had J.J. Taylor with 43 yards rushing. It was just a very balanced attack. Um, Cam Newton struggled a little bit in the first half passing the ball. They adjusted and was like, okay, we're just going to run down their throats and did it in such a way that they couldn't stop it even though they knew what was coming. So I have to give New England props on their running attack. Rex Burkhead made some of those athletic plays I've seen for those touchdowns. There was one where he had a dive from the five-yard line, twist in the air to land on his back to reach out to the end zone. Uh, another one where he took two people to get in. Like he's very good. Sonny Michelle, very explosive. Two great runs that led to uh, Burkhead's touchdowns. So New England's running attack when the pass attack wasn't working, and the fact that they adjusted, you run the ball in that way to take off in the second half. I'm just have to give props to that. Yeah, give credit to the players, the coaches, uh, everything with that one, no doubt. Uh, here we go. Let's get a little negative over here, and the negative. Could be a positive also in this one. So switch it up like that if you'd like. And the negative is that the Colts only beat the Jets by 29 points. They got to be just absolutely miserable. They should have won by 40, 50, whatever it is. So they only won by 29. Yeah, they covered the spread, but, you know, we thought they would score a hell of a lot more points than that. So, yeah, that's kind of that's my negative for that one. You know, you got to beat them by more than that. And you can't let the Jets score on you. So let's keep getting negative over here, Nikki. What do you got? Negatives. Uh-huh. I cannot stand the 
should be no ties in the NFL. I don't care. Go to another overtime. But actually, if you're good enough, you're going to find a way to win. You know what? I hate open-ended shit. That's like a personal thing. I hate watching TV shows where I'm supposed to come up with the ending or an ambiguous, like, the ending of a book. I don't know what happened. No. I like a nice, clean win, loss, yes, no. I hate ties. They should be abolished. (laughs) (laughs) Clap it up. Well said. I have that in my notes also. I despise tie games. I hate it. Another 15 minutes, neither team can even kick a field goal. Give me a freaking break. Yeah. What a Give joke. Me a break. Exactly. What a joke. What about you, Ding? What do you got? Well, just to piggyback off Nikki's a little bit, I heard that the NFL the Sopranos is a little open ended. Does that give a little point to Jason about his stats on the Sopranos? Yeah. Did <laughs> you watch it yet, Ding? No, huh? <laughs> It's a horrible thing. We all want to know what the hell actually happened. And we'll leave it at that, Damien, if you ever get through the series. All right. Get a little positive over here. We got one more positive. Damien has to do his negative, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize, Steve. Go ahead. I apologize. No. So my negative is Thursday night football. What are you doing? Are you trying to schedule the worst games? The worst games. Worst games. Last week, you have Miami and Jacksonville. This week, you got the Jets. So, no matter who else the opponent is, you got the Jets. Yeah. And then it's the Broncos. It's like, come on now. So, Thursday night football, we've got these great Sunday night games, Monday night games. Even though this week, the Sunday night, Monday night games aren't that great. But Thursday night, what are you doing? Mm, I know. I know. You know, maybe it is. The, I, t- I totally agree with you. It's just the worst scheduling. I think they think that no matter what NFL fans are going to watch on Thursday night, so we could put any teams in there or whatever. But I don't like that philosophy, and it's been going on ever since they had Thursday night football. They're not putting the right games in there except for the season opener. So that's a really good one. I totally agree with you right there. Um, let me give one of my positives. Uh, I want to make sure we get through all these in this, in this segment over here in the next few minutes. Um Positive to Matt Matt Nagy and uh, pulling at Mitch Trubisky again, even at two and zero in Atlanta. Nick Foles comes in, wins the game. It's like you know he's the hero again, but now in a, in a different city for a different team. So I give positive props to the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, and also um, obviously what uh, Nick Foles did and coming back and winning that game. Atlanta just can't get out their own way, so. Um, that's one of my positives. Uh, good move for Chicago. Let's see if it works out. They're still undefeated, which blows my mind. So, uh, de- um, Nikki, let's have one of your positives. Yes. I am shouting out the Cleveland-Washington game for the girl power that I finally saw on the field. Yeah. Jennifer King, Washington's assistant, uh, intern assistant coach, Callie Brownson, Cleveland chief of staff, and the down judge, Sarah Thomas, Ladies, keep breaking that glass ceiling. I hope and pray one day I see a female head coach out there, offensive coordinator, D coordinator. I love to see it. Keep going. That was one of the best moments of the week for me. I think that's a great call right there. I I like that. That is a great moment. Absolutely. You know, female umpire and then on both sidelines. Excellent job. Way to go with that one. All right, we're up against the clock right here, so we're going to take a very quick commercial break. I'm talking 
really quick, and then we'll be right back with you guys. Third and three podcast. Going to continue Mount Player Player. Do some knowledge with Nikki. Week four predictions. Hang out. Be right back. I've been moving calm, don't start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle. All right, guys, you are back with the third and three podcast as we are recapping week three. We're going to move on to week four soon, but first, we got Knowledge with Nikki coming up. We got fantasy football, snake style, freaky draft, but. Before we get to that, we still have a couple of negatives and positives to throw at you. Damien, kick it off with the negative. What's your second? Or yes, what's your? What's your? No, I'm sorry. We're up to your positive, correct, or your negative? Positive. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. You guys know I'm old. All right, let's have it, man. Let's get with another positive. So my positive got to go to Aaron Rodgers, showing that he is. Definitely still one of the best in the game. He should be in that conversation as well with Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, whoever else you want to put in for best QB. His deep ball is, like, so beautiful, so accurate. The plays he makes on the run, he knows exactly when to run, when to take off. He had some back-breaking third downs in the game where he took off and ran and got the first down. Aaron Rodgers had to be one of my positives, even though it was against my Saints. But watching him work is a thing of beauty. Yeah, man, uh, he, he's he's unbelievable. The guy's amazing. He's got his team at 3-0 right now, and even without Devontae Adams, they're putting up 37 points. So I hear you on that one. I hear you. Um, other negatives, let's see. I got one more. We each got one more negative over here. What do I want to go with? How about... Hmm... You know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with that phantom pi call. I really was on on Jalen Ramsey. I just don't think you call that on fourth and nine in that situation. They weren't tussling enough. They weren't body to body. It looked, if anything, more like that uh, the receiver again was creating separation going down the field, and Jalen Ramsey got messed up with it. So that's gonna be a negative for me. I don't think you make that call on fourth and nine. There really wasn't enough action, in my opinion. So that'll be my last negative. And I know we spoke about it earlier, but I just really wanted to point it out that you just don't do that at that time. You don't make those calls. You let it play out, and it wasn't anything egregious. So it, to me, it, again, it just shouldn't have been called. So, Nikki, let's get your last negative in there. My last negative is going to Mike McCarthy, who still cannot manage a clock. Um, <laughs> under two minutes to go, you don't take the time out. Uh, I'm not understanding this. Cowboys get the ball back. Part of the offense is rushed. Dak throws the, uh, the killer in the interception. Like, but this is like a theme with Mike McCarthy. He's like struggled managing the clock, but I'm happy to see he has brought those struggles to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, right. No doubt about it. Yep. Anytime uh, any NFC, NFC East team loses – Except for the Giants, you're a happy person. So there you go. Even yeah. with the tie with Philly and Cincinnati. Goodness gracious. All right. We got our last negative coming up right now. And then we're going knowledge with Nikki style. What do you got, D? So for my last negative, I have to go with the Raiders. Even though I gave the Patriots the positivity for Justin, the Raiders got our hopes up. They beat the Saints. And you're like, okay, they're 2-0. 
going against the Patriots. You don't expect them to beat New England, but you expect it to be a good game. Maybe this, this Raiders team is going to be for real. Maybe this 10-year plan for John Gruden is real and it's starting to come to fruition. And they go out there and get whooped on. Look like the same old Raiders who haven't been significant in the league since 2003. Oof. Oof. There you go. There you go. They really haven't, man. You know, it's like almost like everybody is a Ra- is a Raiders fan in some sort of way. They just have like this, you know, deep, you know, the whole with the black hole and everything like that, feeling bad for them. They haven't got anything done in a while. But, uh, yeah, I hear you with that one, man. I hear you. All right. All right. So pretty good Mount Player Play action. We'll have something uh, a little bit different for you next week. So that was Mount Player Play over there. Our two positive and two negative statements from week three as we're going to look ahead to week four in a minute. But before we do that, we got to get a little crazy over here because you all know what time it is. I know what time it is. Do you? It's tricky Nikki time. Knowledge with Nikki. Here we go. Let's get this thing happening right now. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. around. That's right. On time. time. It's tricky. It's the tricky. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. Nikki, I don't know. Do you have like nightmares about this song? I I don't know. I, I play it every time. We got knowledge with Nikki, so it's I don't know. It sounds it's a part of your life now. Yes, it's definitely a mainstay. Know that about it. And it also happens to be an amazing song, which is my favorite part about it. It's just one of those puppy up sort of songs. And we're about to get pumped up right now. D, we don't know what way she's going. We never do. We don't know what the highlight is, the topics, whatever it may be. But we give it our best shot. And we're about to do it right now. Um, I believe I went first last time. Yes. All right, Damien. Yeah, it's definitely your turn this time. So you are going first. Knowledge with Nikki. This is her segment. Go ahead. It's all yours. All right. So we got a little crazy the past few weeks. So I'm reeling in a little bit. We are back to sports. But what I was thinking, all this, like, talk about no fans and turf talk and stadiums. So let's do a little stadium fan trivia for you guys this week. All right? Well, that sounds kind of okay. interesting. Okay. All right. Let's see where she goes with it. All right, Damien. Good luck, bro. <laughs> Four questions each. Damien, this year, the Green Bay Packers raised their season ticket prices to how much? Oh, wow. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Packers season tickets? Yep. Tough question. Yeah. I've never been a season ticket guy. I've never really looked at season tickets. Um, so I would guess a season ticket would go for probably twenty five hundred. No, Jay, want to try and steal? Ah, uh, well, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to give it a shot and steal. Um, uh, Green Bay. Raise the season tickets. And, and what was Damien's answer? Just get just out of curiosity. 2500 2500 for the year. I'm thinking it's more along the lines of 4500 
What? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. That damn. I'm just, I'm gonna do it for the hell of it in case I get out to Wisconsin. I'll become a season ticket holder. <laughs> Seven dollars. Shoot. Why not? <laughs> Grab it out yeah. the drawer. Oh boy. Okay. All right. No points on that one. Second time. All right, Damien. At the end of 2019, this team's waiting list was over 60,000 people long, which they estimate could take approximately 15 years to get through. What team is it? If it was $7 as the price, I would guess it would be the Green Bay Packers. It is not. I like I like your thinking. I, I, I've heard something about this. I think it's the Giants. It is not. Oh. It is the Patriots. Hmm. Uh, Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It makes a hell of a lot of sense. Oh, I thought it was uh, the Giants. Okay. All right. All right. Good question. All right. What's the next? Next is, so a sellout crowd looks a little different in 2020. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, how many fans is considered a sellout for them this year? Wow. It's probably the same amount of fans they had last year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for them a sellout crowd I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with 17,000 Jay you wanna try? yeah I wanna try um and the question again was real quick so I'm sorry uh, a sellout crowd looks a little different in 2020 for the Jacksonville Jaguars how many fans is considered a sellout for them this year? This year, okay. Um, I'll say like seven hundred fifty. Sixteen thousand five hundred sixty-three. So, Dave, you were really close. Yeah, he definitely, he definitely was. That should be a point. Yep. That's a point. All I, right, I, I totally you. agree. Okay. I totally agree. going to say the Dolphins. No, it is the Denver Broncos. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Denver Broncos. <laughs> I feel like Jenny is that answer. Like, no, change it. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are really good questions. Yeah, no, they are good questions. Absolutely. I'm all about it. All right, so Damien, you got a point. Well done. Yep. All right. All right, Jay. Here we go. Number one. 
Stadium was home to the Cincinnati Bengals from 1968 to 1969. From 1968 to 1969. What was their home stadium? What was the name of it? Yep, what stadium was home to the Cincinnati Bengals from 1968 to 1969? Paul Brown Stadium? No. Mm. <laughs> that was my guess, too. <laughs> Damn. It was, it was actually, actually called Nippert Stadium that year. Really? I don't know what happened, but... Well, neither do I. Neither do I. But I'm ready for number two. Okay. Which NFL stadium was the first to use artificial turf? Hmm. Okay. Good question. Which stadium was the first to use artificial turf? The first thing that comes to my mind without just going crazy... The Vikings. No. Hmm. Do you want to try and steal? Um, was it the Saints? No, it was the Astrodome, home to the Houston Oilers. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, shoot. Makes sense. Yep, I should have known that. Ah, good call, good question, <laughs> good question. All right, number three. Where did the Chicago Bears play their home games in 2002? Wow. Um, where did the Bears play? I'm going to say the University of Illinois. Yes. All right. Yes, that center field is being renovated. Nice job. All right. All right. Proud of myself. little pat on the back right there. Oh, let's see if I can take the lead. We're 1-1. All right. This team had the second best average fan attendance at 78,523 in the 2019 season. Which team is it? Alright, so the 2023. I'm going to say the Saints. No. Mm. Damien, you want to try for the win? I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. It is the Jets. Really? Wow, yeah. the Jets. This is why they stink. Because people can see the game and don't go to my house. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, good call. Wow. Oh, man, that's funny. All right. Yeah, well, New York is... Oh, no, we ended in a tie. That's right. I have a bonus question. Oh, yes. I love it. Let's go to the NBA for this one. So well prepared she is. All right. I try. All right. Which NBA team... Holds the longest sellout streak of all time with 814 games from 1977 to 1995. Okay, so this is for both of us, right? Yes. Okay, so the NBA longest sellout from 1977 to 1995. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to say the Boston Celtics. It is not. 
Uh, I'm going to go with the New York Knicks. No, it is the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, how about that? Interesting. But I do have another bonus if you want to try and wrap it up, but it is the last bonus one. All right, we, let's do it. Okay. On December 8th, oh, I'm sorry, on December 8th, 2019, this NBA team reached a sellout streak of 731, holding the longest active NBA streak. What team is it? December 8th, 2019, 731 straight sellouts. I, I, I got to go with the Warriors. Oh, Damien, you want to try? Oh, wow. Not the Golden State Warriors? Okay. No. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers. No, Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> 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 well, we'll have to take the tie then. All right. All right. Still round of applause. Good questions, Nikki. Tough stuff. Again, I have no idea where you get it from, but very good questions. Awesome. Yeah, so well done. Question. Well done. All right. That is Knowledge with Nikki for the week. Awesome job as always. Let's have some more fun uh, right now, guys. Let's do our fantasy, freaky, crazy, nutty football draft over here, where last week, because Damien decided to put in a defense to say, yeah, let's add a defense on, he picked Cleveland, who got him 21 points and ended up winning last week, 79.4 points with Phillip Rivers, D-Hop, James Conner, and the Browns. I came in second with 68.9. Obviously, you know me, I was mad at that. Kyler Murray, DK Metcalf, Jarek McKinnon, then he got hurt. Charged didn't do any, anything for me. And Nikki had your roughest week with, uh, you know, Minshew didn't show up. Montgomery, uh, Tyler Boyd, and the Steelers defense, you know, they did what they did. So we all actually have won uh, weeks with this. Um, so we're all even with it, doing pretty good so far. So uh, good job to you, Damien. And we're going to continue with it. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and defense. And since, Damien, you won, you're going to go last. Nikki, you're going to go first. So your okay. qu- your quarterback. My quarterback for the week is, since I desperately need to bounce back. And by the way, D, I think we play each other this week in our other fantasy league. So, oh. Sorry for that. Um, I am going to take Deshaun Watson. Vikings defense mm. is like trash-tastic over here. And they put up decent points on the Steelers. So I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Uh, that makes sense. He was on my list, actually. He was one of the guys I wanted to pick, so you took him from me. So now it's my pick, and I'm going to go a little unorthodox, but just because of who and where they're playing and everything, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. I know it sounds a little insane, but Cincinnati, uh, look, he, he's been looking good. So I'm going to take Burrow for my quarterback against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got to think he's going to have a good game against anybody, so... There it is. I'll, I'll go with him. Hmm, okay. Now, I like that pick. Um, for my QB this week, I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger against Tennessee. I think they'll have a good game. Tennessee's been giving up some points, gave up a lot to Kirk Cousins. I think Ben Roethlisberger can do the same thing. Mm, makes a lot of sense. All right, good pick. All right, uh, you get to come around with your next one with the running back. So for my running back this week, I'm going to go 
not yet. You were able to ball out with him. So I'm going to go with Aaron Jones against Atlanta. Aaron Jones against Atlanta. All right. All right. I'm feeling it right there. Yep. Uh, he is definitely balling out. He did a great job for me in the week I won. So makes a heck of a lot of sense. All right. So I got to go with the running back over here. And uh, I'm very tempted to pick this guy um, in the game that they're playing. Uh, mm, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. I'm sorry. I'm going Alvin Kamara. That's the way he's supposed to pronounce it. What he's doing and what he's going to do against the Lions, I think is going to be tremendous. I know that you had picked him once before. One of you guys, I think it was you, Damian, but my turn with Alvin Kamara. So there you go, Nikki. You get the snake around picking your running back and then your wide receiver. All right, my running back, I am going with Melvin Gordon. I know he's been quiet so far, but I think against the Jets, this is going to be the breakout game. So, All right. <laughs> what's the strategy where he's playing the Jets? So, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, Mike, uh, my wide receiver, I'm going to go Michael Gallup. Brown secondary is hurting, and I think that that, that receiving core stays pretty hot. I like that pick. I like that pick. I think that, uh, that that's a smart pick right there. He can have a sneaky game. All right. I like it. All right. I got to pick my wide receiver now, and I'm going to go with – you know what, Nikki? I'm going same team as you, and I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. I think Cooper's going to have a hell of a game. We talking, You talked about the secondary, so – I let you have it right there, but I'm just going to pick a different receiver on that team. So I'm going to go Amari Cooper with my wide receiver, which now means Damian gets to pick his wide receiver and then his defense, and then we'll do our defenses. So go for it, D. So for my wide receiver, I'm going to your San Francisco 49ers, and I think Brandon Ayuk has another big game. Oh. I'm picking him as my wide receiver. All right, all right. Don't make me not root for my players now, you know, picking these other guys over here. <laughs> You know, I ain't cool. <laughs> All and right. For my defense, I got to stick with my same strategy. Who's playing Washington? Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> Coming off of a bad game against the Chiefs, they're going to be upset. And they get to eat on the telegraph master himself in the way he has. <laughs> so I'm going with yeah. the Baltimore defense. <laughs> Gosh, man, I don't blame you. I certainly wanted to pick him, but the way that the draft falls out is the way the draft falls out. So. My defense, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see here. I have two choices. I believe I'm going to take, yeah, I got to take the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams defense at home against the Giants. I think that that's a lot of sacks and maybe a few turnovers right there. So I'm going to go with the Rams for my defense this week. Nikki, who's yeah. your defense for the last pick? Against the Eagles. Hey, that's not a bad pick at all. I love it, and I'm rooting for you. And I'm rooting for you both. <laughs> <laughs> Let the 49ers defense have a great game, and, and Brandon, you have a great game, and then that's it. Let all your other players fail, and I'll be happy. Wonderful. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, that's the freaky, sneaky draft that we have going on right there. So awesome. I love it. Well done, guys. All right, so here we go. Nikki, you got Deshaun Watson. You got Melvin Gordon, Michael Gallup, and the Niners defense. I have Joe Burrow, Alvin Kamara, Amari Cooper, and the Rams D. Damien's going with Big Ben, Aaron Jones, my boy Brandon Ayuk, and Baltimore Ravens defense, who is definitely going to eat up 
uh, Washington. There's no doubt about it. So well done right there, guys. Looking forward to it. Damien, you won the thing last week. So let's keep this thing rolling over here. Um, just had a snake draft. We got to get into our week four picks, man. I mean, we need, we need to do this thing now. So let's hit up the week four picks. We'll take a little break, come back to it. And we got more for you guys. You know, we got more action. So stick in there. We'll be back in about 30 seconds. Don't touch that dial, man. Grips on your ways, front way, back way. You know that I don't play. Streets not safe, but I never run away, even when I'm away. OT, all right, all right. We are back on the third and three podcast. We're doing our week four predictions coming up now. We just had our snake draft, so we're going to find out who wins that and who wins the week four picks. Ooh, here we go. We went over that earlier. Damien and Nikki tied 10-5-1. and one. I had a horrible week, so I got to turn this bad boy around. The first game, luckily, I think we're all going to pick together and we're all going to get right. And that would be the Denver Broncos at the New York Jets on Thursday night. Wow, what a thriller. Oof. <laughs> My gosh. Oy. All right, Nikki. Make the tough call on this one. I think that all they have to do is really just keep running the ball and throw little short routes here and there so Driscoll doesn't mess anything up because I don't think Locke is back yet. Thursday night game, even tougher with road teams, but I'm going with the Broncos, obviously. Damien, are you going to go nuts this week and pick the Jets? <laughs> you know, I made that mistake week one. <laughs> I'm definitely not making that mistake again. So I'm going with Denver, uh, 24 to 10, and you can put it in as one of my guaranteed three. Oh, okay. So we're going to lock one of those up. All right. So Denver, a lock, no doubt. Where are my locks? You know what? I'm sorry. I apologize. I did have Denver as one of my locks also. They are one of my locks. I didn't even look. So Denver's a lock of mine. Denver's a lock of Damien. So locking it up right there. Next game, it's Baltimore at Washington. The Ravens, after losing the way that they did and their defense being so embarrassed, I feel so bad for anybody who's on Washington's offense. They're going to get hit hard. They, forget about it. The, the defense to me for Baltimore, you picked them this week in the fantasy uh, draft. They're going to be absolutely amazing. So I got the Ravens this one winning pretty big. We're talking 31-6 to six type of game. What do you got on it, oh. Nikki? Yep. Yeah, that's why I have that blowout score. And again, that's another one of my locks. So we're, we're locking it up together, Damien, over here. Watch both other teams win. All right, Nikki, what do you got for this game? Baltimore at Washington. Of course, battle of the beltway. Baltimore 33, Washington 17. All right. All right. Loving it. Keeping it moving over here. 
Pittsburgh and Tennessee are going to play in Tennessee, and it looks like it's going to be Monday or Tuesday night. The Titans can't get together. Um, They have to do everything through Zoom. That's going to destroy them this week against a team that is always well-prepared. I'm not hesitating, not even twice, on picking the Steelers, Damian. I'm going with them all the way. Okay. No, I definitely understand that. Great logic on it. I'm going with the Steelers as well. I still think it'll be a good game, even though Tennessee won't be able to prepare in the proper way. I'm going Pittsburgh 27, Tennessee 24. Okay, so it'll be a close one. All right, Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, um, Pittsburgh's going to have to contain Derrick Henry, but Tennessee, they got to deal with Blitzburg. That's a tough defense. I'm going to go Steelers 24, Tennessee 21. I think it's fairly close. All right, so so far we're all on the same track over here. Okay, our next game are the L.A. Chargers at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Guys, I definitely got the Bucks in this one. Um, they're coming together. Uh, the Chargers are going with a rookie quarterback. Match that up against Tom Brady. There is no matchup. So I'm going to go 30 to 13 Tampa Bay. What do you got, Damian? Yeah, I'm going with Tampa Bay as well in this one. Uh, I got Tampa Bay winning. I'm going to go 24 to 17 out of respect for the Chargers defense. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. The defense has been pretty pretty decent, above average. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, like you said, there is no matchup. <laughs> 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 I'm going Bucks 30, Chargers 17. Okay. Yeah, we're in the same boat over there on that one. All right. Another uh, semi-interesting matchup. We have Seattle at Miami coming up this weekend. So Seattle is so great at going on the East Coast and playing games that are that are early. Uh, it doesn't phase them whatsoever. And they have the luxury of playing the Dolphins this week. So I will go with the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Miami Dolphins by a score of 27-7. to 7. What do you got, Damien? I'm going Seattle over Miami as well. 24-10. Pretty easy game. All right. Nikki, you think the same? I do think the same. Um, you know, Russ is cooking. He's getting his own cooking show at the end of this week. <laughs> over Miami, and you can lock that in for me. All right, there you go. Nikki's first lock. Locking it up right there. Going to our next game. Let's see if there's going to be a lock here as Minnesota travels to Houston. Both teams looking to freaking win a game. So, I, I <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. But I think the fact that Minnesota is going to Houston – and Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback. I'm going to take the Texans 31 to 28. I think it'll be somewhat of a shootout. What do you think, Damian? Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I do think it'll be a shootout. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Texans as well. Texans 38-35 over Minnesota in a, a shootout of teams that should be better than they are. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing that uh, Olfer's over here. All right, Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, Ulfers. <laughs> um, yeah, this is kind of tough. These teams should be better, and they're both going to be desperate. But um, edge to Deshaun Watson for me. Houston twenty-eight, Minnesota twenty-four. Okay, okay, I'm with you. Looks like all right. We're all on the same page so far. Let's see if we start differentiating over here as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Excuse me. Before that, the Arizona Cardinals are going to Carolina, who pulled off a win against the Chargers and their rookie quarterback, Justin Herbert. Um, Arizona, I said that was a trap game. I don't think they're going to get trapped again. 
I think they're too good, again, on offense for Carolina to be able to keep up. So I will go with the Cardinals on this one. What do you think, D? This one's a little, a little tricky because Kyler Murray, as good as he's been, hasn't been the greatest passer of the ball. And I can see Carolina pull off the upset, so I'm going to call it. Carolina upsets the Cardinals at home. They go 24 to 20, Carolina. All right, interesting. Okay, I like it. Taking a shot on that. Hey, the Lions beat them last week, so let's see what happens now. Nikki, what do you think about the game? Yeah, this one is kind of tough. I think it's probably going to be pretty close, but I think the Panthers, they just have too many uh, missed red zone opportunities. And uh, like you said, Jay, I don't know that they can keep up either, but I think Arizona probably edges them out. So Arizona over Carolina. Okay, okay. So Damian, the Lone Ranger on that one. Let's move on. There is Jacksonville now. We have to come up with that loss on that short week to Miami of 33-30, to I believe it was. They travel to Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Look, Jacksonville's not a great team, and I think they're starting to really believe that they're not. And the Bengals are believing that they can win, and they need a win, and they've come close. They're 0-2-1. They get their first win this weekend against Jacksonville. What do you think, Damian? Yeah, I'm right there with you. All the same reasons. I think Cincinnati believes in Joe Burrow. They believe that defense believes that they can play well. Um, Jacksonville starting to feel that hype about being a team that's going to, you know, be clever for Trevor. So I see that Cincinnati wins this game. I'm going to go 24 to 16. Yep, that's a respectable score right there. I like that. All right, Nikki, your thoughts? Yes, believe in Burrow. And you know what, Jacksonville, damn you. You burned me last week. I'm done with you. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, it's time to get into our games now, our matchups over here, and then we're going to do the high five. So, Damian, let's start with your New Orleans Saints going to Detroit. Um, I I love the Saints in this one. Uh, The Lions aren't going to know what hit them. I think that Sean Payton is going to have a beautiful offensive game plan. I think the defense is pissed off. They're going to go after Matthew Stafford. They're not going to allow uh, the Lions to run. So the only way the Lions can win this game is by throwing the ball deep, and the Saints can pick them off back there, uh, depending on where it goes, whether it's Malcolm Jenkins or Marshawn Lattimore. So I like your Saints in this game to win by a score of 34-21. to 21. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the Saints come back this week. They're angry, two straight losses, and they're going against Matt Patricia. So I'm going to lock it in. <laughs> All right. For the Saints to beat the Lions, and I have the score of 31 to 20. All right. So we got Damien's third lock on his Saints. He's high on it. I'm high on that game. Uh, what about you, Nikki? Yep. Let's, let's go. And the Saints go marching in. Now, granted, both defenses have given up a lot of points per game, but uh, I still think we get a shootout, but edge to the Saints offense for me. Uh, Saints 34, Detroit 31. Yep, I'm with that. All right, all right. Next game we got is Philly going to the 49ers. We talked a little bit about it. Philadelphia is a mess, 0-2-1, going in with no weapons. It could be another one of those games like we've had against the Jets or the Giants. Really, nope, not making fun, not poking anything, Nikki, just saying that uh, we have Philly right where we want them. I think the 49ers win this game easily. I don't think it's going to be another blowout, blowout like that, but – 27 to 17. I see the 49ers winning this game. What do you think, Damian? 
Yeah, I got San Francisco as well. You mentioned earlier how well coached they are. Philadelphia looks to be the opposite. So I got San Francisco winning this one with 27 to 17. Makes all the sense in the world. Nikki, you on board? I am on board. Wentz is under a lot of pressure, and you know the 49ers are going to bring the pressure. Uh, I got San Fran 31, Philly 19, and you can lock it in. All right, lock it up right there, San Fran. That's a beautiful thing. Locking it up. So let me make sure I got the right column. So you got one more lock to go. Hang on. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the New York Giants. Your New York Giants going to L.A. to play the Rams. That's another tough one, Nikki. Schedule makers are not happy as they were. Same thing with the Texans. Uh, It's your game over here. But I'm just going to say real quick that, unfortunately, cover your ears, Nikki. Just cover your ears. I'm locking (laughs) I'm locking in the Rams in this game. They're they're playing at home. They lost the game that they felt that they could have, should have, would have won. They're going to win this game by a lot, a lot of points. I'm talking 35 to 10. So, Nikki, you'll go last. Damien, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I agree. Uh, If I had another lock, I would have used it on this game. (laughs) The Rams are definitely going to beat the Giants in this one, coming off of that loss where they feel like they were robbed. So, I got the Rams winning 30 to 10. 30 to 10. All right. And by the way, the Rams, I failed to mention, is my final lock. That is my final lock of the day. So I got my three right there. Nikki, I know you're not happy about the conversation, but what do you think? You guys got a chance? No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. This game is a joke. Even I'm locking it in. All right. <laughs> I love it. And she's a realist. She knows what she's talking about. I love it. Locking it up right there. All right. So we got all of our locks in. Uh, Now we got to do some high five action. So let's get ready to go with this one. These are going to be the five most anticipated games of week four. It's not a wonderful schedule out there. So we did the best we could. The first one we're going with because it's just interesting with the names and the organizations is Cleveland Browns at the Dallas Cowboys. This game is going to be tough. I believe it's going to go right down to the wire. Cleveland's going to be able to score. Dallas is going to be able to score. It might be a game of who has the ball last to kick that game-winning field goal. And you know what? I think it's going to be Cleveland. I really do. I think that they're going to be running faster on turf. They're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Then they're going to mix in their play action and whatnot. And I think it's going to work out against Dallas Cowboys secondary where Beckham Jr., I think, is finally getting in tune a little bit uh, over here with his quarterback, Baker. You know, then you got Jarvis. We'll see how well he does. Austin Hooper over the middle and whatnot. So I actually do like Cleveland to win this game, maybe even in overtime. So I'm going with Cleveland in a really, really close game, 31 to 30. What do you got with this one, Dean?
Ezekiel Elliott being able to keep the ball away from Cleveland in that rushing attack will be the difference with Dallas. So I'm going with Dallas to win this game 27-21. to 21. All right, all right. Dallas, they've looked just disappointing in ways, but we know they can score. So are they going to outscore Cleveland, Nikki? There you go. So, all right, so I'm going to ride with Cleveland on this one. I really believe that they're going to be in it. Uh, but, of course, I won't be shocked if uh, the Cowboys win at home, obviously. Next one we got is the Indianapolis Colts at the undefeated Chicago Bears, now led by Nick Foles. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, obviously he looked good running the hurry-up offense against the Atlanta Falcons, who don't know how to hold the lead. So I think that Chicago is going to get better. They're going to score more, but – they're not a big scoring type of team. They're a defensive team. The Colts are pretty damn good on defense as well. And I like the way that they can move the ball now where you got two dynamic different running backs and uh, Rivers doing his thing. So I'm going to go with the quote-unquote upset with Indy on the road to the Chicago Bears. I got the Colts in this game, Damian. Who do you got? I got the Colts as well. I do think that Nick Foles plays well in this one. Uh, he lives up to his nickname. I can't say his nickname. But I think he lives up to his nickname on this in this game and plays well. There's not going to be enough against Rivers as they'll take advantage of Chicago's defense not being the defense of the past. The reason that Atlanta was up so much is that they were able to score on that defense. Right. So I got the Colts, the Colts being able to score and hold the lead against Chicago in this one. I'm going Colts 20, well, 24-17. Okay. All right. So we both agree on that. Let's see if it's a trifecta. Nikki, what do you think about this game? Indy at Chicago. Yeah, I um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Colts on paper are a better team, but I think physically they have a yeah they have a more physical offensive defensive front. So I'm going to go Indy 17, Chicago 13. Okay, okay, so we're all on the Colts right there in the first high five uh, action, uh, excuse me, second high five action of the day. Uh, the third one here, we got Buffalo at the Las Vegas Raiders. Buffalo, we saw what they did to the Rams and, you know, finally get the lead at the end, whether or not it was a pass, phantom, uh, pass interference call. And the Raiders, you know, they can move the ball. It's a matter of can you run with Josh Jacobs to open up the passing game, and I don't think that the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball against Buffalo, making the Raiders more one-sided, and they'll take advantage of that. So I think that the Buffalo Bills are just too good again on paper, skill-wise, everything. It doesn't matter where they play. They're going to go into that beautiful new stadium. I'm going to take Buffalo over the Raiders, another road victory for me. What do you got, Dink? Yeah, I'm going with Buffalo as well. I think their combination of being able to run with Singletary, who is very good. Uh, he did some unbelievable moves in that game against the Rams to get him down the field on some screen passes and some runs. He's very underrated. I think he has a good game against Vegas. And Josh Allen continues to take that quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think he continues that against Vegas. Um, it'll be a good game, though. I think Vegas, I do think Vegas will be able to run against Buffalo. That was one thing that the Rams were able to do. Now, the Rams probably may have a better offensive line than Vegas, but I think that Vegas will be able to run a little bit against Buffalo because um, our, excuse me, Buffalo will be running a little bit against Vegas in both ways. Uh, so it could be a quick game with both running attacks going well. And I got Buffalo winning, I'm going to say, 27 to 20. Okay. Okay. I can see. I think points going to be put up on the scoreboard. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think the Raiders secondary can handle digs all over the field and their run defense. I don't think they can handle Allen and Singletary. Um, but I do think they'll be able to put some points up, but I definitely have Buffalo winning 24, Raiders 20. All right. We're all riding the bills on that one. Next one is your Monday night football game. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons, who we've been taking jabs at and even uppercuts <laughs> all show long and well-deserved. They're going to Green Bay. I'm not going to take any time on this. I, I don't think – look – on any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday, whatever, I get it. So Atlanta, of course, could pull something out of nowhere. But I think the Packers are riding high right now. I think the morale is better in the locker room than they ever thought it could be, especially Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going Packers in a sweet win right here with 30-20. to 20. I think Atlanta will be able to score, but Green Bay is good enough to hold them off. 30-20, I got Green Bay hosting Atlanta Monday Night Football. Damien, what do you think? Yeah, I got to go with Green Bay. You got Aaron Rodgers, one of the best passes of all time, going against the last-ranked passing defense in Atlanta. And those two things go together for a big game from Aaron Rodgers. And I think that, you know, one of those big things that will benefit is Aaron Jones in the running game because they'll be so scared about the pass. So Green Bay will score a lot. So I got Green Bay scoring 38 to Atlanta 28. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I see a lot of points in this game, Nikki. No doubt about it, however you slice it. So we both got the Packers. Um, what do you say? Do you think the Falcons pull one out? <laughs> no, because the Falcons are that guy, peaking too early. So that don't think they, <laughs> I don't think they get the lead at all um, against Green Bay, but I do think it'll still be fairly high scoring here. Uh, Green Bay 34, Atlanta 28. All right, all right. And our last game, again, we all got our locks in. Our very last game of the week to break down here in our High Five segment is the New England Patriots going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, wow, here we go. It's a rivalry that has started a couple of years ago. Obviously, Tom Brady isn't there anymore. It's Cam Newton, but they're playing well. They busted up Vegas uh, last week. but And um, the Kansas City Chiefs are just... <laughs> They're the Chiefs. I mean, look what they did to Baltimore last night. So it's very hard to pick against New England because of how well they're coached and how well Cam Newton is playing. But I don't see how they can – I just don't see a possible way they can keep up with the Chiefs scoring. So I'm going to say Kansas City wins this game 38-21. to 21. I think that New England's going to get a little bit demoralized in this game. What do you think, Damian?
Yeah, it's it's a matter of, you know, Bill Belichick, Nicky, you know his philosophy. It's who are you going to take away? Take away your best players. So is it going to take away Tyree Kill? You can try to take away Travis Kelsey. You can't take away Patrick Mahomes. It's not possible. So, again, too many weapons, I think. And on defense, like Damian alluded to earlier, they've gotten better and keep getting better. So what do you think about this one? I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, no, I'm excited for this game. And, yeah, like you said, of course they're going to try to take away their best player, New England's defense, just kind of equipped to slow down the tight ends, you know. I do think the Patriots are going to go run heavy, try to control the game, try to keep Mahomes off the field. But in the end, you know, I'm going to have to go Kansas City 35, Patriots 32. Okay. All right. So definitely fairly uh, a close game and very high scoring game, no doubt. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in a lot of these games this weekend. So, very interesting. Hopefully no injuries or limited injuries, especially no COVID action. Uh, you know, we'll get more word on that when they are going to play. Thursday night football tomorrow is definitely a snooze fest, so no big deal there with the Broncos and the Jets. You already know who's going to win. Put your money down. You're all good to go. That's it. Whatever the money line is, don't worry about it. You're going to make plenty of it. So we're having a great time on third and three, but we want to close it out with just one more question. One last segment, and then we're going to get out of here for the night and watch the NBA Finals, which is coming up in a few minutes here. So, it is name that play at time. Guys, here we go. Even though I'm one of the best wide receivers in NFL history, I never won a Super Bowl. I led the league in touchdown catches five times. I went to six Pro Bowls and named to the NFL first team Four times. I scored three touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving in 1998. Who am I? Oh, my God. 1998. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. I don't. So don't have <laughs> Nikki, think for a minute. Think for a minute. One of the best wide receivers ever. Never won a Super Bowl. Led the league in touchdown catches five times. And all pro four times. And there was a famous Thanksgiving game where he scored three touchdowns against the Cowboys. You sure you're not you want to take a crack at it? Because I think Damian knows it. Yeah, D, go ahead. All right, D. Uh, I believe it's Randy Moss. You believe correctly, my friend. Absolutely. That game was Complete. He became an icon in that game big time. I remember one touchdown that he grabbed where he ran to the back of the end zone, stopped on a dime, kept his feet in bounds in the back of the end zone and caught a pass from Dante Culpepper, I believe it was at that time. And that blew my mind. I said, how can anybody run that fast, stop immediately, stick their arms out and catch the ball falling over in the end zone? He, he again... If he put in more work, had more time, if he was, if he worked half as hard as Jerry Rice, we could be talking about him as the best wide receiver of all time. So good call right there, Damien. You definitely knew what you were talking about. And again, when you have a game named after you, I mean, come on, what you got most. I mean, all my kids in, 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 in my, in my junior high school, oh, you just got most, you got most, you got more all the time I hear it. I'm like, sometimes it drives me crazy. You got Moss. It just sounds silly, but it's become this crazy thing, Damien. And, uh, yep. Good call on that one. It is Randy Moss. He is, he was something else, man. 
Yeah, no, he definitely was something else. Like I said, the reason I knew the answer is when you said that game against Dallas Thanksgiving 98, I remember it so well. Three catches, you would think that a game with three catches wouldn't be that, you know, memorable. Yep. But when you have over 160 yards on three catches, people remember it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, he definitely showed out in that game, and I remember because he wanted to go to Dallas, and they didn't draft him. So he made sure that they paid for it. And I remember that catch talking about against uh, with Dante Carver throwing to him, the fact that he was able to balance like that in the back of the end zone, like a ballerina pretty much, on his toes and catch that ball was incredible. His Once you saw him, the thing is, Brandon Moss was so good, he made Dante Culpepper a viable NFL quarterback. Yeah. Because once, <laughs> once Dante Culpepper was no longer with Randy Moss, it was over. There really Randy was. Randy Moss was amazing, man. And once he got with Tom Brady, we saw exactly how amazing he could be. So like, you're exactly correct, man. I got Randy Moss ranked as my second greatest receiver of all time. And I go back and forth between him and T.O. and also Larry Fitzgerald. Those three, I always stumble back and forth when I rank them. But he's definitely in that conversation in that top four for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. No freaking doubt. Absolutely. And, uh, Nikki, I know, yep, I – Questions, uh, you know, I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to ask to name that player, name that player type of stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens because I think you're not giving yourself a shot. And I bet you if you would have thought about it for a second, you would have got Randy Moss in that one. I bet you would have if you thought about the time period. You give up too quickly. Don't do that. Nikki, you got knowledge. You answered Chad Pennington last week and half people in the world don't even know who he is. <laughs> there you go. It is all good. It's all great. And we got NBA finals coming on now and we got Thursday night football. We'll give you all the heads up on everything next week on the third and three podcast. Make sure you check out Damien's show, the real deal with Damien Adams. It's absolutely amazing. Nikki, she's a great follow. Make sure you follow us. The team is together at Third and Three Podcast. So you can follow us. We'll follow back. And again, thank you all for listening. We love doing the show and we hope that you enjoy listening to it. So we appreciate it. And we're going to say good night for now. And tomorrow is another day. So, Nikki Damien, great show, guys. Let's say peace to everyone. Peace. We are out. Third and three. See you next.